1: Boom! Clap the sound of my
2: ass. The beat goes on and on. What's that? You've been singing that all morning. Who's who's this? this, this, this Well, the
1: the correct lyric is boom. Clap the sound of my uh, heart. That's okay. Char- Charlie X mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, icon. Charlie X Boom clap. The sound of my ass is a tweet <laughs> that I that was made years ago, um, which has lived in my head rent free since. <laughs> that
2: reminds me of um, that that Twitter account that's like the returning of all the vines, and that is posting all the vines from like ten years ago. Or, oh, or, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but they yeah. um, taking. I was not, I wasn't a vine kid. I was a bit too old for that. But people love vines.
1: Nah, I was there for the vine moment, but I feel like you know, vine currency is devalued massively since. Mm-hmm. Like someone can go, um, they've got. A Knife! Oh, look out! They got a knife. Or oh, like, oh, the road work ahead. I sure but You know, five years ago, I'd have gone, ha! Yeah, I remember that. And now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, yeah, road
2: roadwork. I ahead. feel like it was the the <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the TikTok of its day. But um, it was, uh, it was definitely a time, definitely a point in time. But um, speaking of point in time, it's the entitled part of podcast: the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, the UNBP. Whilst Jules Gill's <laughs> away doing whatever he's doing, man's doing a business left, right, and centre. But I'm Scott Tilford for that is you in person.
1: Hello. Sorry, I'm really appreciative that UNBP fits in so seamlessly.
2: If we've got three people on it's the three BP and it's the UNBP. If if and any other time, um, but yes, we always take people's questions, talking points, whatever there is going on in the industry, um, and so we'll just get through as many as we can. Question from Willie Araya who says, "Thwip, thwip, Spider-Man Two: Performance or Fidelity?" I also have more Spider questions, but more are spy- they are all spoilerific. So not just yeah. Well, me and you and and I think Dan Durkin are going to do a Spider-Man Two spoiler cast, hopefully next week, because um, we got all the thoughts um, on that game. But yeah, what did you play in Performance or Fidelity?
1: Uh, performance i think I I, yeah. I I put it for the review i tried a little bit of it in fidelity and like mm. it's one of those things where if you sit with fidelity mode for long enough it becomes negligible where it's mm. like okay i can play it in this way but once you're in that performance and you get used to the speed and momentum like it's performance especially because they have all the the ray tracing features as well yes um what question i had for you scott because when mm. i when i started up the game it had film grain cranked all the way you put that on half yeah, I turned it down after mm-hmm. a while. Like, it looked it looked good, but, you know...
2: I'm like a stickler for, like, an artist's vision. So I was yes. like, well, if you guys, if all the Insomniac Art Department think this is the way, then okay but but...
1: that's the thing i find it so anxiety inducing now that i'm getting all these different display options because in my Mm. brain i want them to include this is our intent mode where it's like this is how we think we should play it but obviously it's like it's different because everyone's different got different tv settings everyone's got Mm -hmm. different monitor settings so it's a case of like you do have to calibrate things which is too much responsibility for this spider boy to have
2: Literally, that was my thing because I have like at the start of the generation, I just splooged on an LG CX, the big what? old the the fifty, <laughs> what? the um fifty or the fifty-five inch. That what I forget what even TV I have, but it's the fancy LG CX TV. I was like, let me get this for the new generation of consoles, and I won't have to think about any of this stuff. It'll take. I remember care this of everything. moment
1: in time. You were so you were so excited. I
2: spent a whole paycheck on it, and then when it arrived, I just looked at it and I was terrified. I was just <laughs> shaking, looking at it, going like, Oh my god, there's a there's a thousand pounds in that. Like box. the
1: monkeys in two thousand one in space, obviously looking at the giant plinth. <laughs> I <laughs>
2: just (laughs) keep pouring at it and sort of not knowing what to do with it. But yeah, that TV allows for 120 frames a second, allows for the variable refresh rate stuff. But this game, Spidey 2, and I think uh, Ratchet & Clank uh, Rift Apart had it as well, has fidelity and performance but they are then tweaked by whether you have VRR or 120 Hertz mode on as well. So I was like, and they're like auto and then on or off or recommended and I was like, I don't know or care but I ended up just googling what do I do and there was a Eurogamer article um, just saying, it was like, a tldr was just like turn this all of them on and put it in um fidelity mode and the vrr and the 120 hertz mode will take care of the frame rate so you get you get all the bells and whistles of ray tracing and the, be- the beauty of all that stuff but it runs at about 40 fps um, i think it might actually be more than that with the uncapped frame rate on but either way gorgeous running very very well looks beautiful and it has a really solid frame rate so i just maxed everything out but i i echo that I hate having to think about it
1: I dare not go into the settings of my TV but <laughs> but to remove the the sinful um, creation that is motion smoothing, get that mm. gone oh um, yeah yeah yeah, um, oh my but, god when
2: I, when I got the TV, um, mostly thanks to Josh Brown recommending tons of articles and videos and stuff to calibrate the TV itself, um, that's a whole other realm of which yeah. parts of this talk to the game and the console stuff that you can just get lost but in. But I
1: have no idea like how if I optimize <clears throat> my TV for my games console is that going to ruin my movie viewing experience like I've not really spent more time with it apart from just get rid of motion smoothing you mm. ugly evil thing and then that is <laughs> that is about it
2: like oh really um, oh there's probably a bunch of stuff that you should be tweaking to get all the oh, levels man, right and everything because the, bashed, the, the thing is like the there's gradient. a game mode yeah all the gradients you got the game mode you got the movie mode and um, these days there's a Dolby Atmos mode oh, I know um, about Dolby Atmos I yeah. mean, my
1: soundbar is completely knackered at the minute as well so I need to get funny story right I was yeah. it was the Amazon Prime deals the other month, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm going to treat myself to a new soundbar because my old soundbar is not working properly. <laughs> and right. then I tested out the old soundbar i and not used it in a while before I committed to the new purchase. The old soundbar was working fine again all of a sudden, so I was like, okay, that will save me, you know, a hundred quid, and I'll mm-hmm. just, I'll just keep using this one then. Literally the day the sale ends, I mm-hmm. try using the soundbar again. Try using old faithful, who I would put a gun <laughs> to their head the other day, uh-huh. uh, and then it was like. No, not working anymore. So it's like you were only playing up because you knew that you were about to die. And now <laughs> and now I've not and now I've not got an actual sounds. It's really, really bad how <laughs> unoptimized my home media setup is. Right. Uh, I I need you to have a look. I I don't e I don't even Right. i don't even have a proper chair there's a couch what? No, what right there's a couch in the living room right uh-huh. but it's not close enough to the tv for my liking it doesn't give me enough back support so right. i will literally sit on the floor like a prawn <laughs> with my back against the couch and scott i'm so terrified about the damage this is doing to my spine uh-huh. but to be honest i'm like five years into doing it that way oh i'm too God. afraid to go back
2: that's how I do that when I need when I run out of controllers and I need them to charge and the USB. won't reach enough to sit, so I just sit on the floor like. a Do you not feel
1: like a little guy when you do that? Like just <laughs> a little guy. I just like I imagine like like my partner walking into the living room and seeing me playing <laughs> my games on the floor with my headset on. I'm just going. This is this is a this is a boy. You've this regressed. You've
2: regressed just, twenty years. Yeah. There's something about that though. About like there's like a childlike innocence to this. Like the, I always think it's funny the shape of a person from like behind when they're sitting down <laughs> playing something. It's just like that little sort of wad of human. There's like the little like block of human and a little cable coming out the front to the control to the console. Um, but yeah, TV stuff. It's it's fine when it gets there. But oh my god, is it a maze of stuff to figure out? The other day, um, before Josh took his leave, which obviously massive um, shout out to Josh Brown getting through things as best as he can hopefully be returning soon enough but we'll see and he told me about all the Dolby Atmos stuff and how one of the screen options for that is like yellow but if you look at it enough you get used to it and then that becomes the new white and then you change all your colors to amend that and I was like I'm not doing that that's I can't I'm not doing this again like I I can't it's absolutely
1: terrifying to me like I know for a fact as well that when I discovered the other year that you know the way that film scans are transplanted to physical media can sometimes affect the color grading. Mm-hmm. So I've been told that, you know, you think of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, you look at that movie and you think it's very blue. It's a very blue movie. Yes, yes. Apparently when it came out in cinemas, it wasn't blue. That's just something that's happened with the transfer of the, like, the, the actual, uh. like... Real and like the files stuff as it's like gone along. So there are probably movies out there that we've been watching for years that we've mm-hmm. been watching incorrectly the entire time. Well, there
2: was um, Matrix had like a green sort of look to it, and then when and that they... was always intended. Oh yeah, with the four K thing. Yeah, 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 well, they did the four K one, it's they like sort the of the same thing with like
1: it. the Lord of the Rings four K mm-hmm. as well. Like I'm never gonna get that because like I think of those movies as being green, and now they're kind of like a bluey. Tint. It's kind of it's yeah, it's um, it's scary to me. Like the idea of like okay, so. The artist has made their thing but it can be transplanted to a thing that makes it not look right mm-hmm. and it won't be immediately clear any case to answer the question performance mode in spider-man 2 is good
2: <laughs> yeah mine was um I, I always got performance these days anyway because i want the responsiveness of a higher frame rate but i'm lucky to have, to have the big stupid tv and um, they can max everything out so mine's fidelity and then vr and 120 hertz are both turned on or automatic or whatever the hell that thing is um question from g malave who says what do you think about insomniac making a batman beyond game since they did such a great job on spider-man 2 what with the web wing suit and traveling around the oh, city hell yeah yeah i, I... Just give it to them
1: Sorry, I love Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond is my favorite incarnation of Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, 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 love that show so much. I mean, big shout out to the DC Animated Universe and to the late Kevin Conroy who mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, kind of gutted that that he's gone. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I've I've been begging for a Batman Beyond game for yonks now. I think like I don't Yonkers. see I don't see Insomniac doing it because they're the Marvel boys, yeah. and I feel they're yeah. pretty much like they're entrenched in that mythos now and. Sony are reinforcing their Spider-Man allegiances and, you know, we know we've got Wolverine coming, Mm. there's some other random easter eggs in in spidey for them to do that but yeah i think they would smash a batman beyond game for sure mm. um apart from the suit design aspects because there are a lot of annoying overdesigned suits in uh, in <laughs> too. Yeah, uh yeah, i'd be yeah. worried that they just were in the the, the graceful simplicity of that original suit um i remember for a while ago i mean this is like we're going back like five years or so now that one of those games montreal they were planning it wasn't a, an explicit batman beyond game but they were planning that Damian Wayne future Neo-Gotham yeah. game, uh, and then that was canned, and then we got Gotham Knights. Um, yeah, Batman, Batman Beyond games need to happen. We think, I think the only Batman Beyond game that we've gotten was like the Return of the Joker tie-in for the PlayStation 1, and that wasn't a good yeah. game. Um, and, and yeah, no, I mean... As long as they do it right with the actual suit and they don't do something stupid like what we got with Arkham Knight where they had the really over-designed Batman Beyond suit where it was like, we're going to put lots of panels. Oh, and I voila-. like that thing. No, no. Simple. <laughs> I hate this trend of superhero costume design where it's like, how many patched pouches and like, lines can we put? It's like, yeah. we-, we got over that in the 90s, man. Rob no, Liefeld is not the moment the anymore. That's yeah, I'm where not- I'm from. Right. My 90s is Scarlet spider Right? right? Maybe the, the denim, the denim hoodie okay. Spider-Man. <laughs> and the 90s Batman Beyond. I don't need, like, pouches. I don't need detail. I don't need, like, it's like the, it's the MCU effect, isn't it? Like, every costume now has to have a bunch of lines on it. And, oh, I like, think
2: it looks funny when, like, everyone's in, like, just one big onesie. Like, some of the ones you can get in Spidey 2 are just, like, one giant form-fitting, like, I don't know, va- vacuum-sealed suit. And I'm just like, that's <sighs> I a weird think it depends on the
1: it depends on the art style, doesn't it? Mm. Like, I feel like, if you were going to do a Batman Beyond game, I... I'd be fine with them doing it with their own interpretation. I feel like Gotham Knights has a decent aesthetic to it, apart from, again, more over design, yeah. like, some design costumes or whatever. But mm-hmm. I would love it if, if we got someone to go back and revisit the DCAU and, and do mm-hmm. it that way. Oh, again, the the big thing here is, like, if you're going to do a Battle Beyond game, you don't have Kevin Conroy to play Bruce Wayne anymore, which is, like, the yeah. most, like... Biggest that could loss have been ever. such a
2: great way to go. They could have had the Arkham Batman handing down the mantle or whatever. You could, have, if that was an alternate timeline where Rocksteady did that instead of Suicide Squad. That's, that's what I
1: think. WG, like we had the, mm. we know that the timeline as it exists right now is uh, reportedly. Uh, I don't think they were going off like Jason Schreier back when he was working for Kotaku. His reports, like years and years ago, is that WG, WB Games Montreal after doing Arkham Origins, which turned ten this week, and everyone <laughs> is trying to say that they, they always loved that game. No, they didn't. I always loved that you game. Did. I was yeah, there yeah. from the beginning. Um, but we had, they were making a Suicide Squad game after Arkham Origins, that got binned off, and then it was the, the Damien Wayne Batman game, which um, allegedly got binned off as well, and then they did Gotham Knights, and then Rocksteady were doing Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's Suicide Squad killed the Justice League is the least interesting thing you could have done with that mythos. Like, I would have much yes. preferred a Damien Wayne Batman game, or a Batman Beyond game.
2: It feels very just what the business folk wanted next, and it feels a it feels like it was made for an era where um, the Avengers game did well, which was just not the timeline that we're in. And um, we'll quickly say, though, that um, for Arkham Knight, as of last night, they've added the Batman, the movie skin. They've taken that it game. down.
1: What? So I think I think the the story at the minute is that they uh, released it too early. I think they were planning to release that with the Nintendo Switch release, which is December first. Oh, and I think okay. the Epic the Epic Games Store was like, Hur, Epic, and then like <laughs> like <laughs> added it in too soon. So it's been right, taken okay. down now
2: oh that sucks I tell you, I really want a 60 Fps mode more than I want that skin but I mean sure but how mental
1: is it Scott Telford, that we are we are eight years on from Arkham Knight's release and oh we are we are being like oh they've added the Batman suit to Arkham Knight and not a new Batman game we're like oh man Arkham Knight it's back in, in Matt
2: Reeves form like oh, it's just, the, oh, everything I, I can't I, I feel like I I did something at the end of the last generation where it was like video game developer reputations that died to that generation and it was like Konami and Rocksteady and just tons of stuff and um, yeah the state of all nearly all those tiers of devs are just in an absolute hole at the minute as, someone like Rocksteady I'm so curious what happens after Suicide Squad is out the way because that thing feels like they're just getting through the mines excavating the game just get, just get through it um, and then ship something and then we can all move on no one wants it anymore it's not going to sell Sefton whatever.
1: Hill has left the company as well yeah. and he was like the big you know foundational creative director on the first three uh, on, on, mm-hmm. on Rocksteady's Arkham trilogy and Arkham VR and then I think you, know, you have involved in the suicide squad too so again it's kind of like the stuff with rockstar isn't it with with the the houses like leaving and stuff it, yeah. it just feels like we're in a it's a shame I, I i i again like i don't want to cast judgment on the game before it comes out but just from what has been shown right now i don't think mm-hmm. i don't think it has anything that made the arkham games like why we why we fell in love with them like no you know yeah, it's, and not, i don't it's think it's that. like
2: because um, the Avengers and Anthem and Gotham Knights have all failed. Like, And I like Gotham Knights a lot, but I think in terms of like the... Over, like, I, But that's also ignoring a lot of the random loot boxy, random drop stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just to try and enjoy the story and uh, some of the combat and atmosphere. Um, Yeah, I just don't see it working when it finally gets here. Um, question from Adam Strawn. What culture mains Adam Strawn, who says, If we had to make our perfect video game with the ingredients of, di- of a director of our choice, developer of our choice, and genre of our choice, what would we make? Oh! Oh, oh, that's a really good
1: question. Oh, see, I'm going to make an answer here and it's going to be completely wrong. Um, (laughs) Like that three-part horse meme. I've got an idea, right? I would love... To, if I was a video game developer, I'm, I'm basically giving away my golden goose right now. Someone okay. like some some Johnny game dev could be listening to this <laughs> right now, and they pitch it and they steal it from me. I want an '80s action movie inspired third person shooter in Child. the vein of like Max Payne and uh, Str- uh, Strangleholds, Stranglehold, the, the, rules. Like the, yeah, the hard will. boiled sequel. Mm-hmm. I want something done with that. I want it to be like it is kind of almost like it's a brutal kind of hyper violent not hyper not like stupidly video game violent but it's like you got lots of like squibs just replicating that grimy like john McTiernan action style movie (laughs) feel and like having like just like a straight up you know you know make it like like lethal weapon-esque make it Mm. diehard-esque like do a whole thing like i would love to have something like that i mean it's very mm-hmm. uninspired just be like i would like a third person shooter game <laughs> um but if i could please do that so. action game make it very 80s like not like not like the stereotypical 80s we are getting a not lot of right 80s. now not like no. synth 80s not people trying to like you know be mammy vice i want like <laughs> i want like an arnie-esque sly-esque bruce-esque right. thing mm-hmm. um i don't know who i'd get to to direct it um i i like i'm i'm Patrick Redding did a great job on um, uh, *Split Cell Blacklist which was mm-hmm, like a really mm-hmm. I think that's like one of my benchmarks like solid action games or whatever. Obviously, is a big action movie fan, but I know that his instincts story-wise are very, very convoluted and I just want to shoot some dudes. I just want, Scott, to uh-huh. translate the experience you had watching Hard Target at my birthday <laughs> earlier in the
2: year in video game form. I would massively take that. My um, dream project, it's pretty much what Sifu was last year. Um, I miss martial arts in video games, any type of it. I miss roundhouse kicks, I miss environmental interaction, I want to launch a dude through a window and I can't launch anywhere near as many dudes through windows as i want to um, i quite like actually side note in spider-man 2 when you unlock the ability to hold triangle so you can web a guy and then you hit either of the shoulder buttons to whip them left or right with their f- hair back good and
1: physics forth. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah and um, they can go like flying through like bits of debris or even hit both triggers to slam them down i want more environmental interaction so my dream game is pretty much just what sifu set in motion but more like the raid like a way more brutal version of that um, just let me do really cool moves. Let me take on three or four dudes at once. Let me do group fighting. Let me manage, you know, um, en- en- enemies that way. And cartwheel off the wall in slow motion. I love slow-mo. I love photo modes. I love stuff like that. Bring back early 2000s style. Let me see the bullets as they pass by I my head.
1: think we have a similar vision here because, like, uh, one thing I wanted to say as well is like, because I wanted, like, <coughs> do Jean-Claude Van Damme-esque roundhouse kicks. You know, yes. I want to do that with, like, the full, the full like, just... Get those powerful thighs kicking, you know? I want that. <laughs> but I would also say, like, you know in Gotham, Gotham Knights has come up weirdly. It's a good game. Yeah, no, it is a good game. Um, it, I think, you know, the the kind of gun style that they have with Red Hood? Like, yes. you could do a whole thing where, like, up close in combat, you, whether you have, like, a knife equipped or, like, a piece of debris or, like, mm-hmm. guns, you could have, like, Arkham-style free flow or, like, Sifu-esque combat up close where you're doing, like, gun takedowns and, like, like uh, using gun-catters and, like, using, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like, swords, knives, bricks whatever you can get up and then you would also have that third person cover shooter type element where it's like that gun ballet max Payne style thing that yeah. is what i want
2: did you play uh dead to rights back on the original xbox or ps2 no i didn't should that i just add that much, to my, my you, oh my god dead to yeah. rights rules they uh put a version of it out because they remade it it did so there's dead to rights and dead to rights 2 and then they rebooted it and did another dead to rights and then that one bombed and it just died forever but the original dead to rights um, the Xbox version or whatever that has martial arts and really cool slow motion takedowns where you can hit a button during the slow motion during the animation to put it into slow motion. Aww. And then you can hit a different button to get different camera angles on the takedown. Um, but then you also have gunplay and slow motion dives. It was that little era where Max Payne blew up and then we got true crime and dead to rights and everyone could dive in slow motion. It just was great. want to like fire a
1: full clip of a Beretta and then like <laughs> reload it really cool. Like I'm like,
2: like... I want to run while I'm reloading. That's yeah, my thing. Like oh, I, I want to throw the clip away. Oh, yeah throw the shotgun
1: away and do that like um, Sleeping Dogs did that quite well Mm -hmm. Um, I I enjoyed that Max Payne obviously
2: does it really well that's right literally has that every time you finish a clip you throw the gun away your dog brings you kind of like
1: translating that super hard experience but make it real time and in third person and it would be like a fun 80s vibe that's what I want
2: I didn't even talk about my developer or director of choice My genre is going to be the martial arts thing Developer, um, maybe just slow clap again Because they did Sifu um, Or you could have the super hot team Because they have only done two games so far As far mm-hmm. as I know um, Director, Mr. Strong didn't specify game directors So I'd probably bring in uh, Gareth Edwards Or the dude that did the raid mm-hmm. um, Just to literally point at things And be like, no, make it more brutal make I'll, him, Add a knife to that
1: Given there's so much Remedy does at the minute I'll say Remedy can make my, oh. my 80s game
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically make
1: it like Max Payne But not Noir <laughs> Yeah, just let
2: Sam Lake flex his, uh, his more over the top muscles or something. Get a
1: Hawaiian shirt going. Get the mullet going. <laughs> get That's, it all. Shout
2: out to Max Payne 3's Hawaiian shirt. Shout out to Max Payne 3. Max Payne 3. 3 that 3 game is unbelievably overlooked. And-
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Um, Question by Matthew says Enjoy the physical media Chatty that we did We just did a whole Chatty of the week On whether physical media Should just die out Whether or not Um, Another point When our AI overlords Turn off the internet Physical media will be worth Its weight in gold Meanwhile what's your Favourite moment in the Metal Gear Solid series Have a great weekend That's a hell of a pivot I guess Mm. there's a lot of AI In Metal Gear Solid Mm. 2 Favourite moment in Metal Gear I know you're not as big Of a Metal Gear fan Oh
1: no I mean I I Enjoy the OG Well it's not the OG Yeah the OG trilogy Like MGS1, MGS2 And then MGS3 Snakey Uh Like uh I enjoy those And I, I never played Um four because I didn't you didn't play guns p- of the patriots didn't have ps3 so i didn't oh, i, I didn't bought have a ps3 that. for that game um and obviously i f- i loved phantom pain i mean my uh-huh. favorite moment is probably going to be like because i think it's probably one of the greatest boss battles of all time your confrontation with the boss in uh right. snakey like that mm-hmm. is like so cinematically well done yes um like i but that to me is like the coolest thing and I also love again as a big Lee Van Cleef fan like I love Revolver Ocelot I love Ocelot showing up mm-hmm. in anything um, mm-hmm. contention as well for Fat and Pain when uh, Kaz reunites with with uh, Venom Snake and it's like they have their big bromance together again <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that too
2: <laughs> there's that bit where um, Solid Snake and Articon and Metal Gear 2 have like their super secret handshake where they sort of slap hands both ways and then fist bump and then give it a hug and whatever I think for me um, young me was just obsessed with Metal Gear Solid 1 that thing changed changed my perception of video games. I dressed up as Solid Snake for a Halloween that year for my first school and had a little cardboard gun and I was asked to put it away because it was a little cardboard gun. <laughs> put it but away, still, Scott. I, <laughs> I love the first Metal Gear. Um, so for me, it's either going to be um the body corridor where you find that body just... You find a corridor just full of mutilated bodies and you don't know what the hell's going on because you're in the middle of this other um, you know facility that you're infiltrating and then you find this weird cyborg ninja who's half invisible and whatever. That thing's great. Um, or it's the... I guess... The thing is, right now, because the Master Collection's out, and there'll be a lot of people checking out Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Three. Um, obviously, that game is is old, and it should be the um, you know you should be able to talk about spoilers. But there's something near the end of that game where a character is about to die, um, and they say a cornered fox is more dangerous than a jackal. I always love that line, and in context, it's brilliant. And so, um, yeah, if people haven't checked out Metal Gear, it's well worth playing. It seems like the Master Collection is terrible, but and it costs they might costs fifty it. quid. Oh, dude! It's like the version of Metal Gear Solid One that's in there actually looks worse than the PS One like, one. I remember
1: getting the HD collection when it first came out on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty like ten years ago, and it mm. cost me like fifteen quid. Yeah, like, oh yeah, it, like, yeah. yeah. It didn't didn't like just in, like blatant levels of greed from it's Konami it's very Konami yeah. like the, the thing
2: is like they, um, they've they included a lot of really cool little gubbins like there's a lot of making of stuff in there there's a lot of like you get the original MSX Metal Gears as well like the old 2D ones um, it's cool but like yeah the price point sucks and then the actual emulation that they've done the actual work they've done to the guts of it is nothing like apparently it's, very, it's very unplayable
1: little. on mouse and keyboard <laughs> apparently
2: like yeah but even things like um, when you pause I think it might have been patched now but when you pause the original Metal Gear it takes about 15 seconds to load the pause menu like in, in a literal sense you just sit there on a freeze frame Um, So they need to get there with it. But yeah, at the minute, it's very Konami. Um, TJ says, what are the wrong lessons that AAA developers and publishers will learn from Baldur's Gate 3? Um, I think it'll just be overly convoluted lore or the idea that they need to try and take an old IP and then do something, try and do something over the top with it. But... Baldur's Gate is is impossible to replicate. Really,
1: do you think we'll get? And again, this is more of a uh, this is an observation that goes hand in hand with both Baldur's Gate being amazing and and doing very well, mm-hmm. but also D and D's resurgence and popularity in general. Yeah. Do you think we're about to get a bunch of like a big sword and sorcery resurgence in video games?
2: The, it's the, it's kind of overdue because like Stranger Things was responsible for the D and D boom, and then mm-hmm. we've had like three four years of that now, but no real. I mean Baldur's Gate is a DD and d universe game yes, it is. as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. But um but still like nothing with that name in it like the D&D movie it did way better than anyone thought it was going to and it's like but there's not a definitive D&D game to point at. Maybe because the lifeblood of that IP just is in actual real life DMs and improvising scenarios and things like that maybe there's no way to do a video game version of it um cuz it's not like there are any really up there D&D games. There are things in that universe but they're more you know, they're not as experimental kind of thing in terms of the way levels are laid out or the way that you go through combat scenarios or something. I don't know how the hell you do a D&D game that responds to the level of improvisation that you need to have. From what I've but... heard
1: of, because I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3 because mm. I know it's going to be a massive thing. It's one of those that I'm going to just wait and get to like oh, so months from now or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I do know the level of freedom that game ascribes you is that you could literally be playing and co-op with a buddy and they could be talking to an NPC that is guarding, like, a thing, and you could sneak in as the other player to, like, yes. get into that location. That level of freedom and choice is what we need going forward. Um, and that is kind of already translating the vibe of a DND and d session. Mm. Um, true, true. I don't know, like, I feel like there has got to be... Maybe you'll have, like, virtual D&D, like, experiences where you'd have, like, a DM and, like... Well, like, a virtual DM, almost, and you'd have, like, set... But again, like, the whole thing is that you want freedom and improvisation. That's not really something they like do.
2: If it's, like, the wrong lesson, though, I guess they just shortcut to the satisfaction of that and they just, like, try and on rails that stuff instead like i think i think it'll be
1: i think the the wrong lesson that will be taken away from here is that we'll get lots of vaguely generic dnd-esque fantasy (laughs) games and not like actual like you know i think like there's been a weird you know i'm going on a bit of a rant here Mm -hmm. scott but you Mm -hmm. know when like a new game gets revealed and Mm -hmm. the trailer for it and like it's just so typically game lore this is yes. game law where it's like, oh, the immortals guarded the the phoenix flame. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what, <laughs> don't any, know what of any of that means. Words. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, uh-huh. I need less of that. I need proper considered world building that isn't trying to just be vague fantasy thing.
2: That's what I mean about them just going like, oh, so people like big, dense lore. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's have a whole yeah. bunch of terms and whatever. I mean, Baldur's has that, but you're aware that it's part of this vested long-term series. Um, but yeah I did not I know Baldur's Gate is such an anomaly in terms of how much it costs to make and like the fact that it, it came out once and it got like a 7 out of 10 from IGN didn't do that well and then they went back to the drawing board and the owner of Larry and himself put all of his personal money in and managed to get it even further down the line so I don't know how the hell they try and copy that thing. But uh, me, Stevie, and Adam Strawn did a podcast on Baldur's Gate 3 about how why it's potentially the game of the year for this year. So there's a lot of discussion in there um, about the way it all came together. But question from KJ Brettel Aldridge who says, All the talk of Legion Go and other PC handhelds being a Steam Deck killer, but everyone's forgot the Switch 2. If that has the raw power and the third-party support, it could blow everything off the water. I included this because um, we don't talk about Switch that much. I know you don't have a Nintendo Switch, but I thought, what's your thoughts on the old on the old Switchy boy if they uh, if they nail a bigger one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned. I think we discussed we it a briefly, thing, like yeah. um, uh, uh, like the other week or so. Yeah, no, I think like again, like I'm not. I'm, I'm so far along in my life now that, that I'm not a <laughs> Nintendo person. I don't Ugh. think I will be. Um, however i think it's a really cool thing i think like again like we talk about like how you know expensive the playstations and xboxes are and those price points will go down the switch 2 will have extra longevity on its side as well mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. you know i feel like obviously like nintendo refreshes its consoles about as regularly as like the playstation and, and, and xbox do but you have the added benefit of like that m- impeccable first party offering and if it can be have those third-party games and, and maybe that is partially why the switch has been you know more widely you know it's been so successful is that it does have that third-party support in some places mm-hmm. um i don't like again like i'm, I'm, in, I'm enthusiastic about the switch too um, i love the idea i love
2: the reality of you discovering all of nintendo's backlog now because yeah. there's so much there i mean
1: i love i had a wii um, okay. My dad had a Wii. I, I loved, I <laughs> loved Donkey Kong Country so much. Yes! Donkey Kong Country returns. I love. I'm a big fan of Donkey Kong. If they uh-huh. get, if they get the Donkey Kong game going, then maybe, maybe they'll, they'll get me in.
2: The rumors are that because they've done the, the open world like Mario Odyssey. I mean, Mario's always had open zones or whatever, and then Odyssey was like the biggest levels ever. And then they did an open world, semi open world Kirby game where it was like the biggest levels ever. Mm-hmm. The rumor is that the next character for that is Donkey Kong, which I guess is Dude. more like Donkey Kong 64. But gonna, like, I can't. I don't have enough money for Donkey. Kong <laughs> (laughs) DK Country is on the Switch library, so if you've got a Switch, you can uh, dive back into that. It's one of the best games ever played. It is. uh, That game was mind blown at the time as well, like the graphics of it. Like that thing, that was one of those games graphics can't get any better than this moments um, back then. Question from Honest NPC who says UBP UBP UPP thoughts on the fact that there was once a time in gaming we would get multiple games in a franchise in one generation Gears one to three Uncharted one to three etc and now we may only get one con- one per console cycle are games just getting too big in scope Game of the Year is Baldur's Gate three true um, yeah thoughts on this I remember seeing something that Jason Schreier mentioned where if something goes into development now that's a triple A game you're aiming for a- an eight to ten year turnaround window and I was like that can't stay the norm. At all. It's
1: just sad trombone noise, isn't it? Like I, I don't know what else to say. Like it's um I feel like, yeah, we're in a state now where games are too big. Like I mm. I love I love Marvel Spider Man 2 for what it is. I love I
2: was just gonna say Spidey's a good indication of like like that's three games in the oh, same dude, engine on the yeah, same no, generation. Like, yeah, no, that's a
1: big like it's a big game. I think like like I love Red Dead Redemption 2, it's my favourite game of all time. Mm. But I'm also I don't know like I feel like I had this conversation with different people and my cousin mm-hmm. was saying to me the, the other week that he feels like he was chill with where graphics were 10 years ago and I kind of right. think like yes I agree <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm also kind of like but now that we've tasted now that we've touched the sky, do we have to keep going forward? And like, obviously <laughs> the whole thing with this industry is that it needs to keep innovating. It needs to keep pushing forward. There are the technologies being developed all the time. New engines, new whatever, uh, you might get left behind. I I don't know. I, I think we're approaching critical mass, aren't we? We've, had, we've This conversation's yeah. come up quite a few times across different podcasts over the last month. Um, and I think I, I am, right now, my mindset is I would... I would like to have more and I would like it to cost less and hopefully, you know, be easier on developers themselves Mm -hmm. because we're in this situation now. We're not only, are we not getting like, we're not forging as many memories as we used to on previous Mm -hmm. console generations or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also worried that, like, we, we Suicide Squad, Kill Justice League is a perfect example. Like, that game was built with what feels like when Fortnite was popular. Uh, yes, when we, Fortnite is popular, obviously, still, but it felt like it was trying to be that, trying to be like a live service thing, trying to be a Destiny thing, you know. But mm-hmm. it's also not live service; it's like a co-op thing, and it's just got lots of bouncy, jumpy stuff. They it. don't even know what it is. But at it this just point. feels like we're getting into that situation now where people are gonna overcommit to these companies are going to overcommit to trends that are completely past their point in time and mm-hmm. at what point do they make a big enough loss for a wider conversation to happen and be like okay you know we are the only industry working right now where we are investing millions and millions and millions to not see a return on that investment for like mm.
2: nearly a decade, that is bonkers. Well, look, I mean, the amount of layoffs that there've been in October. I know a lot of that was like the amount of expenditure that happened across the pandemic. The fact that we were all at home, a lot of people were playing more games, but then that led to certain projects being greenlit or certain business ideas being greenlit that maybe aren't going to like meet out over time. But yeah, I mean, something like Spidey's are an interesting t- uh, test case because this is one of the only. Um, modern franchises that has all three installments on modern hardware, like Spidey had a PS4 version sort of Miles Morales, but Spider-Man Two is only on PS5, and the first two games were still shown off as ps5 games anyway Um, but that's one of those things where economically like you can see insomniac using a lot of the same stuff over those installments to make it work and like that's an interesting way to go and also like another test case is like alan wake 2 like that game looks unbelievable like that game looks absolutely gorgeous and i don't know when it started development but control was 2018 so it's like and and remedy also had to work on um that single player component for the crossfire game Um, so it's like they've managed to turn that over and managed to put whatever, I, know, I think it's because it's on Unreal 5, I could be wrong, but Alan Wake regardless looks absolutely gorgeous, I would say has industry best graphics or presentation I would I would say better than Spider-Man 2 but it's one of those things where like, how was that possible? And it's like Hellblade 2 is going to be coming out with absolutely stunning graphics as well and Ninja Theory's whole thing was that they were able to make a AAA looking game on an, on an indie budget, um, for the first Hellblade anyway, and so like, it seems like there are certain examples of how to do this more economically rather than just spend half a literal billion dollars on graphics. Like,
1: you look at something, like... I mean, this is probably, like, not the right example to give because the game doesn't look good. It's probably not mm. going to be that big in terms of scope either. But you look at something like Skull and Bones, which was first announced, what, like, 2018? for oh 2019,
2: 2018? 2016? When that front CF Thieves was first mentioned? It was whenever Skull CF Thieves was first mentioned. and
1: Bones announced... This is professional. I'm checking right now. It was announced... <laughs> uh in oh my god, why can't du, I find this? Okay, so it says that yeah, like it was due to release initially in 2018. Um, so right, its, its announcement okay. must have been like 2017 or something, right? I think so. It was it was just after C. Yeah, tw- remember Ubisoft tweeted yeah, it. was, in, it was yeah. first announced at E. Three 2017. I was so right. close. Uh-huh. We we are now in 2023, and mm-hmm. it's just been delayed again <laughs> to 2024. <laughs> <laughs> that is seven years... It's not even going to do anything. And then like that, like, I just, I... It, it, The economics of it all is scary to me. Yeah. And I don't know if the industry is prepared to have these conversations right now because everyone wants to keep pushing forward and creating more in-depth and immersive and personal experiences. But maybe there is a point in time when we have to look back and go, okay, maybe we don't need to have the technology be this way, but it's, it's such a, it's, no. it's such a complicated issue um
2: Mm -hmm. oh well i've long said that i would take 10 far smaller games from naughty dog than one every sort of six seven years um like just personally i want to see what those creatives come up with those art departments what ideas they have because i guarantee it, they're not all thinking incredibly drab dour, looking at the floor more lost yeah (laughs) yeah little one-off things like that um and so yeah it's it's there's definitely like a breadth of production budgets doing the rounds um i think spider-man 2 is is very good at like it's mind-blowing how much Insomniac have turned over. Like, in the last, um, what is it, three years, we've had, like, three Spider-Man games, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and the remaster of... um, Sorry, yeah, I guess if you class the remaster of Spider-Man as one of those three games. But even in the last five years, you can extend that to the first Spider-Man game. Um, that's an insane turnaround, especially compared to someone like Rockstar or whoever. And Insomniac themselves, the, the literal devs are saying, we don't crunch. We've figured it out. We all work remotely. We have this specific model that we work off. Um, and I guess I would argue that you can start to see some of the cracks in Spider-Man 2. Like there, that was the buggiest Insomniac game I've played. It crashed on me three times. There was quite a lot of in- instances where things weren't loading. Um, but it's not a buggy game. It was just the buggy compared to their bar. Um, but still, I would take that as like a... I would still take a game from one of the veteran studios every couple of years rather than waiting, in Rockstar's case, 10 years or something like that. So I'd hope that like the there's a way forward, basically, than not waiting an entire generation for something and that you could get something like another Mass Effect trilogy within a console generation if it was all budgeted, probably. Yeah,
1: no. Maybe that's just impossible. Again, like, whenever, I, whenever we talk about this when I just feel like I'm an old man yelling at a cloud. Like, it's just... I, I, just, I miss... I, again, it's like I guess it's partially nostalgia-based, but mm. I, I I do miss when things were a little bit more frequent. Maybe what we're missing here is licensed games. Bring back licensed games to fill in the fill in the gaps <laughs> a bit more. Give me a good old movie tie-in. <laughs>
2: Have you seen? Speaking of them, they brought them back, they're not good. There's the, there's the Kongs Skull game, which is not a movie not tie-in. That... I mean, it's a terrible licensed. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a TV show. Yeah, it's game. a TV licensed game show. Oh yeah, it's based on the cartoon. There's like a Netflix Kong Skull Island anime show thing and it's based on that. it looks like a cartoon. It does, it is. There's also the Aang uh, Aang game, the Avatar game where you play as Aang and the rest of the the gang in that, but that's not... The gang, gang with two two A's, um, that's not reviewing very well either, but it's like there's been a little bit of a push to sort of do those mid-tier ones. The Samurai Jack game was brilliant a couple years ago. Yes. That's like super solid, nice little hack and slash game. Knows exactly what it is. Doesn't say okay, it's welcome. I retract awesome. my
1: earlier question about that 80s action movie game. What <laughs> I really want someone to do is make a uh, video game based on the 2003 Duck Dodgers cartoon or <laughs> alternatively, uh, a video game based specifically on the What's New Scooby-Doo incarnation of Scooby-Doo. Just opened up I would my, take more Looney Tunes games. You, yeah, you just opened up that like early 2000s Cartoon Network boomerang renaissance to me in my brain mm-hmm. and I want it all back mm-hmm. again.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, the, we used to get like a steady stream of looney tunes games like the the bugs and taz games there was taz wanted tunes like Fight the for fame looney tunes racing oh, like man. that was cool man That was a, that was a nice little uh time to grow if up if you've in. not watched it i um, would recommend
1: watching the patrick williams video on looney tunes and talking about like their cultural presence at the minute because it is it's an uh, interesting thing not for this podcast uh-huh, but uh-huh. It's, it's, if you like looney tunes it's worth listening to I love who's your favorite
2: Looney Tune before we uh, peace uh, out. Daffy,
1: I love Daffy. Ciao, my fa- I like my Taz. Specifically, specifically my favorite Daffy cartoon is um, mm. the Great Piggy Bank Caper, which is <laughs> right. it's a parody of Dick Tracy where he plays Duck Tracy. That's by yeah. Bob Clampett, and it's one of the most gorgeous, most brilliant, hilarious animation you'll ever watch.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm always a big Taz fan his debut was Wham! great um, but just all the stupid noises and he's just like a big metalhead, and it's come great to and I just, I like, yeah, come to Taz me come to Taz he's here <laughs> dun dun dun, dun, dun. Do, 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 solution to do, everything Bob. <laughs> Is eat every single thing or make it into a sandwich? Just put bread around it and put it in his mouth. Anyway, this has been the title part of the podcast. UBP the, UBP, the UBP, the UBP, the UNBP. Ivan Scott Tilford. That's been you and Parson. <laughs> and that's a thank you to all of you for sending in your questions. And we'll catch you next week. Goodbye.